welcome to Pursuit Church Podcast, where we give those far from God the opportunity to pursue Christ. We are so glad you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God has a word for you through today's message. Welcome everyone to Pursuit. We're so very happy that you can join us today. Is it the first day of spring? Is it? Spring. I was driving on the way to church and I began to see some of the flowers begin to bloom. It's just a beautiful thing. What God does, and not only in the soul of man, but what he does on the world, he makes all things new. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Wonderful spring morning. Before you're seated, I want to read just a few verses from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 1 through 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This morning, I want to speak on the same Jesus. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. The writer of Hebrews boldly proclaims that this Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Stop and think about it for a moment. Jesus is the same as he's always been. He has not changed. Jesus is just as real today as he ever was. He's just as powerful today as he ever was. He can do anything today that he could ever do before. There is nothing impossible with this Jesus. He is still just as able to meet your every need as he ever was. He is still just as ready to heal your body, to mend your broken heart, to bring peace to your stormy seas. He is still the same powerful Jesus. He is still the same Jesus today. In Acts chapter 1, verse 11, it says, when the disciples were standing there gazing into the heavens after Jesus was taken away from them, they heard two angels speak to them and say, this same Jesus that was just caught up into the heavens he will come again in like manner. Now, a lot of things have changed since those angels spoke 2,000 years ago. Kingdoms have changed. Times have changed. Societies, governments have changed. Many things have happened and changed since those angels spoke 2,000 years ago. But church, despite the ever-changing world that we live in today, Jesus has not changed. Jesus is the same as he was 2,000 years ago. He is the same Jesus. 
In fact, he is the same God of the Old Testament. He is the God who spoke everything into existence by the power of his word. His word was all that it took to form galaxies, to birth the universe, to array the heavens in their splendor and adorn the earth with her wonders. He spoke the word and it was done. And he has not changed since then. He is still that same mighty, powerful God. He is still that wonderful Jesus. Everything that was made was made by him. And in him, we still live and move and have our being. He still has all power, all authority in heaven and in earth. Today, he is still the same God that opened Sarah's barren womb in the Old Testament, brought life from death. He is the God who produced hope where there was only despair. He is the God that turned weeping into rejoicing. By the power of his promise, he multi multiplied his people during 400 years of oppression. And though they marched into Egypt, there was only about 70 of them. They eventually marched out of Egypt, a mighty nation numbering in the millions. He turned their hardships into blessings. He turned their trials into testimonies. And church, what I want us to understand today is he has not changed. He has never changed. This same Jesus has never changed, and he's in this place today. The same power of God is present with us here today. He's the God that spoke from the burning bush. He called Moses from the backside of the desert. And when Moses questioned him, he said, you know, wait a minute, God, I think you've got the wrong person. I think you've got the wrong guy. Still, God knew what he was doing. He asked Moses, he said, what do you have in your hand, Moses? He said, it's just my rod. That's all I've got. It's an old, weathered, beat-up stick. It's not worth anything, really. God said, throw it down. As Moses threw down his rod, that rod turned into a serpent. What was he trying to tell Moses? He was trying to tell them, tell him, I'm not so concerned about what you can or cannot do. I'm not so concerned about what talents you think or you don't think you have. I just want you to know that if you will give me what you do have, if you're willing to let go of your crutch, Moses, if you're willing to surrender your staff to me, I can do the impossible in you, Moses. I can perform miracles in your life. I can use you to lead a nation. I can do anything in you, Moses. Church, God is here today still trying to convince us that he too is just as powerful. He too is just as mighty. He can still do anything in you. This is the same Jesus. And if you will surrender your crutch, if you will get past all of the excuses if you will throw down all the reasons why you think God might not come through, he will take your very weakness, he will take your very crutch, and he'll turn it into a miracle. That's the Jesus that's here today. 
He's the one who sent plagues on Egypt, who humbled the mightiest nation in the world. He's the one who parted the Red Sea and who buried Pharaoh and all of his armies underneath those massive walls of water. He's the one who turned the bitter spring sweet. He caused manna to fall from heaven. He made water flow from a rock. He's the one who tore down the walls of Jericho. He's the one who made the sun and the moon stand still long enough for his people to win the victory. In church, you can go on and on if you read the Old Testament. But what I want you to understand is that this Jesus has not changed. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And more than that, he's here today. This Jesus is with us here today. The power of God is here today. He is not just the God of the Old Testament but he's the God of the New Testament. The ancient of days was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger in Bethlehem. Angels sang, shepherds rejoiced, wise men journeyed from afar to give them gifts. And this same miraculous Jesus is here today. He astounded the doctors and the lawyers at the temple when he was only 12 years old. He's the one who opened the blinded eyes and stopped the deaf ears, caused the lame to leap. He's the one who stopped a funeral only to cause the dead to live again. And church, that Jesus, that Jesus who can do anything is here today. That same miracle-working, life-changing Jesus is here today. Now, it is my desire that we see revival. We need a refreshing. We need an anointed visitation of this almighty God in this place. Too many people are dying. Too many people are, are lost and going to hell all around us for us just to have church as normal. Too many people are bound. Too many people are hurting. Too many desperate souls are just out there wandering in the lost world for us just to have service as usual. But this world desperately needs a touch of this same Jesus. They need a touch of the delivering power of Jesus. And this world needs a church on fire. The world needs to know where they can go to get a touch of this same miracle-working, life-changing Jesus. We are the church. We are that rock the middle of the stormy seas. We are that ark of safety in the middle of troubling times. We are that one sure thing that people can hang on to when everything else is chaotic and falling apart in this world. But the church needs his power. The church needs his anointing. We need his presence to flow through this place, to shake this church, to absolutely take over everything we're doing in this place. We need this same Jesus to take over church. The same Jesus who took a few men and women and turn, turned the world completely upside down in the early days. 
the same Jesus who brought the might of the Roman Empire to her knees, the same Jesus who emboldened his anointed to stand before rulers and kings and principalities without fear or trembling, this same Jesus has not changed. He is still the same. And I think today we need to get our eyes off of the world and instead get a little more of Jesus. We need to lay down all disbelief, all unbelief, all doubt, and get a little more of Jesus. We need to put all of our confusion, all of our questions, all of our concerns and needs in his hands and just get a little more of Jesus. Church, we just need more of that same Jesus. He's more than enough to meet every need. He's more than enough to overcome every obstacle. He's more than enough to move in every circumstance. And may I say this, church, Jesus has never met a city that he can't have revival in. He's never encountered a culture that he can't transform by the power of his word. He's never found a sinner that he couldn't redeem by the power of his blood. For this Jesus is big enough. This Jesus is powerful enough. This Jesus is God enough. We just need a little more of Jesus in this place. We need to get off of the distractions. We need to quit getting distracted. We need to get our mind focused on this Jesus. We just need a little more of Jesus in 2022. The same Jesus that could raise up a church out of the city of Jerusalem. If they could have revival in Jerusalem, we can have revival here. If there was ever a, a burnt over field, it was Jerusalem. If there was ever a people that were hardened in their heart and they were skeptical, they were full of themselves, they, they were certain that they knew the way, they had the answer, it was the people of Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the last place anyone ever thought would see a Christian revival. The people that filled the streets of Jerusalem were people who hated Jesus, they mocked Jesus, they crucified Jesus. But there in Jerusalem, there was an upper room and there was a group of hungry people in this upper room in the city of Jerusalem and the moving of the Holy Spirit began in this upper room and it was in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost where revival broke out and the spirit began to move and the upper room in Jerusalem couldn't contain it. The people on the streets heard about it. Peter was preaching it and Jerusalem saw revival. And if they had revival there, I believe with all of my heart, we can have revival here. Pentecost can happen here. God can move here. All we need is a little more of Jesus. All we've got to do is get a hold of that same Jesus. I wish that somehow in this distracting, convenient, Luke 
warm world, somebody would get stirred. Somebody would get shaken. Somebody would get lit on fire again for Jesus and just listen to the words of this preacher this morning. Jesus is here and he can do anything. That same Jesus that was doing things 2,000 years ago, he can do something here in the city of Russellville. He can move in this place, church. We live in an age of immorality, ungodliness, and if we aren't careful, we will look at the world around us and become convinced that it's impossible to have revival in this kind of society. But nothing could be further from the truth. We don't need a better environment. We don't need a holier environment. We don't need a better opportunity. We, the church, just need a little more of Jesus. What we need is for this Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, to fill this place with his presence, to move in this church with his power. We just need Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. And if the church will be the light of the world, it doesn't matter what's, what kind of environment it it's in this Jesus can change the environment. This G Jesus can change the city. This Jesus can change our community. I believe we can see revival. When Peter or when Paul went to the city of Corinth, it was known as the seat of immorality. It was the city of drunkenness, evilness, every kind of carnal vice imaginable. It was so bad that in the Greek language, to call someone a Corinthian was an insult. It was to imply that they were just an evil, drunken, wicked person. The name of that city was used as a byword to describe godlessness. But Paul went there and built a church. And Paul had revival in that burnt over field named Corinth. A mighty New Testament church was established in that godless, broken, corrupt city. How did he do it? Paul wrote to the Corinthians in our text. He said, when I came to you, I did not come with a wonderful sermon. I did not come with superior words or wisdom, but I just came with a testimony of this Jesus. I came with the knowledge of who Jesus was. He says, I was determined to not know anything among you except Christ and him crucified. He said, I don't know how you build a church at the very gates of hell. I don't know how you have revival in this kind of godless society. But one thing I do know is that Jesus has not changed. Jesus is still the same. And if they could have revival in Jerusalem, if they could build a church in Jerusalem, we can have revival in Corinth. So I don't need to know anything else. I just need a little more of Jesus. I just need that same Jesus. I just need the power of Jesus. See, the key to revival isn't going to be found in some program somewhere. The key to revival won't come from some new way of doing things. 
The key to revival is simply and perfectly the presence of Jesus. And if we, church, will make up our minds that we want to have a move of God in Russellville, then all we need is a little more Jesus. Paul said, give me the miracle worker. Give me the one who delivers. Give me the way maker. Give me the problem solver. Give me the one who can do anything that needs to be done. Jesus Christ, that's what my city needs. Jesus Christ, that's what our world needs. A touch of this Jesus. Paul was well educated. Many say he probably spoke seven or more different languages. He was probably one of the most educated men of his time. He was a scholar of the highest order. He could argue. He could debate with the best. He knew what to say and when to say it. He was trained at the very feet of the finest. But he said, when I came to Cor Corinth, when I got ready to have revival in a city where everyone said revival was impossible, when they said that the days of revival were over, when they said that people don't want what the church has anymore, he said, I didn't preach with enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't try to win them with some wonderful religious debate. I just preached in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. I just got a little more of Jesus. And church, for 2022, I think that's what our world still needs. Our world needs Jesus. I believe the same Jesus that turned Jerusalem upside down and the city of Corinth upside down can turn my own city upside down. The same Jesus church that delivered the bound, I believe, can deliver the bound here today. The same Jesus that healed the wounded spirit, mended the broken heart. The same Jesus that set the captive free, I believe, is in this place. And he can do it here today. If you want to be set free, if you want to change in your life, this Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is Jehovah God of the Old Testament. He is the sacrificial lamb of the New Testament. And he is the comforter, the Holy Spirit that is poured out upon the church. And that same Jesus that Paul had, that's the Jesus that's here today. This is a, a, a spirit-filled church. The fuel that this church runs on. It's the Holy Ghost. You can't fill the church up with intellect and run it right. You can't fill the church up with talent and run it right. You can't fill the church up with man's ideas or philosophies or, or psychology and run it right. It's not about the style of music. It's not about the service format. It's not about the energy of the worship leader. It's not even about if the preacher preached good. It's just about this Jesus. Are we making room for this Jesus? Are we allowing the Spirit to move among us? And if this church 
is going to do what it's supposed to do in the last days. It's got to be full of the Holy Ghost. If this church is going to have an impact on our neighborhoods and this city, then each one of us has to be intentional about making room for Jesus. A Jesus-filled church is an unstoppable church. And that's what we need, an unstoppable church. That's what this city needs. That's what broken families need today. That's what our world needs, a Jesus-filled church. I want to close with this today. Luke's gospel is the story of Jesus. If you read it in its pages, he records the birth, the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. It is the testimony of Jesus, and when Luke wrote it, he addressed it to a man named Theophilus. And then when Luke wrote his second volume, the book of Acts, he also addressed it to Theophilus. And he began in the book of Acts saying, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Key word there, began. With those words, Luke declared that the record of the gospel of Luke was just the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. What he began in his earthly ministry, he continued in the book of Acts. So when the final page of the book is a book of Luke is finished and you cover, you slam the cover and you move on to the book of Acts, the book of Acts is just a continuation of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus is just as real. He's just as powerful in the book of Acts as he was in the gospel of Luke. You can't always see him with your eyes. You can't always reach out and touch uh, the hem of his garment. But he's just as real in the book of Acts as he was in the gospel of Luke. Here's the point. And I'll close with this. The book of Acts has no amen at the end. It is the history of the church, and it is the only book of the Bible with no conclusion. It hasn't ended. In other words, Jesus is still working. This Jesus is still moving. He is still ministering through his church. He is still saving people. He is still forgiving people. He is still having revival. This same Jesus is still working. Jesus wasn't finished then, and he's not finished now. He's not here in the flesh. You can't see him with your eyes, but you know that he's here in the spirit because you can feel him, and he's trying to move in this place. And it's time for the church in 2022 to let Jesus move in the church. It's time to see what Jesus wants to do. My question today is, are you hungry? hungry tonight, today? Are you thirsty today? Are you desperate like those in the upper room in the city of Jerusalem? Do you want to see a change in your environment? Do you want to see a change in your city? Well, let's let Jesus move. Let's let the Spirit move in this church. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. For more information about Pursuit, visit PursuitChurchAR.com. 
Thank you for listening and see you next week.